Hi, I'm Kristen. I'm 36 years old, and I'm a producer in Los Angeles. Hi, I'm Keith. I'm 36 years old, and I'm a casting director. Keith and I have been married for three years, and we live in Los Angeles with our two dogs, Banksy and Chloe. Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, let's hear their love story. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Before we met, I had really been dating around a lot just because uh, in the year prior, I'd gotten out of a somewhat long relationship and I was kind of playing the field and I, I just kind of wanted to have fun. And right before I met Keith, I had actually had a somewhat, it wasn't long term, it was like a four month thing, but I knew that it wasn't right. And after that ended, I was just ready to really meet someone and and settle down. I was kind of at that place where I I didn't want to have fun anymore. And I just wanted to be in a relationship. I've worked in casting for 18 years. And so for the most part, the only women I met were actresses, which doesn't have the best uh, track record of of dating for me. And I kind of made the point, the decision that next woman I meet, I want kind of out of the industry. I signed up for online dating because my friend had just married somebody he met online. So I thought I'd give it a try. And I saw Kristen's picture, which made me click and then read all of this stuff, which is beautiful, but also she was just cool caught my eye, and that's when I decided to reach out to her. What I really liked about his profile was the first thing I always looked at was, one, are they cute? He was cute. Keith was cute. And two, I immediately scrolled down to see their height because nine times out of ten, men lie about their height on this. And his height, he wrote 6'1". Typically, if men lie about their height, it was like six feet. Which is like, who is like who is actually six feet tall? Like, no one's actually six feet tall. Very few. He was six one, and I was like, okay, let me see. And so I was scrolling, <laughs> thumbing through his pictures, and he looked tall. He had like a lean figure. He's tall. He's cute. He mentioned a lot of the things that I like. We both liked the same TV shows. We both had like some of the weird, like some weird, like same inside jokes. And your profile was pretty, it was pretty funny. And I like guys who are funny. And 
you had a lot of pictures too. So like that was a good thing too, because typically if a guy had like one or two pictures, you're like, okay, what's going on here? This guy's probably, you know, like a serial killer or something, but you had like 10 pictures and I was like, oh, oh, and here's a cute picture of him with his niece. And like, he likes kids. Oh, he has a dog that looks exactly like mine. So that was one of the weirdest things too, is that we both had shaggy, like 30 pound dogs that looked exactly the same. And there were pictures of him with his dog. And I was like, Oh my God, this is weird that like we both have the same dog. No one else has shaggy dogs. So after a week of, of talking, we decided to meet up. I made plans, this nice restaurant in West Hollywood. We talked before and I asked, why don't I just come pick you up? And she said that was great. So on the night of our, our date, I had gotten into a car accident a few weeks before. So I was... L- Borrowing my uncle's truck, which is a giant boat. It takes up like two lanes, um, which is so not, I'm not a truck guy. So I went and decided I was going to get her, you know, a rose to pick her up to try and make a good impression. I had it sitting on the passenger seat. I came, I called her and let her know I was outside. She came out looking incredible. I opened the door for her. She came in with this giant smile, picked up the rose, put it by her feet and sat down, put on the seatbelt and started talking and was thinking, did she not appreciate that? Did she think it was cheesy? And so after about a minute, I let her know, you know, that rose you just moved, that was meant for you. And then she felt bad that she didn't even make a big deal of of this nice, sweet gesture. Okay, the rose thing. First of all, I didn't know. So this truck is giant. And basically it was like being hoisted onto a horse just in order to get into this, like, into this car. And it was really dark inside the car. And so I thought it was like a piece of paper. So I didn't know, or like plastic or something that he forgot to remove. It was a rose. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And I moved it to the floor because I thought it was something he just forgot. And I didn't want him to be like embarrassed that he left something in the passenger seat as he's picking me up. So I moved it to the floor, but like to this day yet, he does not let me forget about the rose, (laughs) rose incident of our first date. To go back on her dating profile, she had said that she could rap every word to the Beastie Boys' Paul Revere, which Beastie Boys was big part of my childhood. And adult, I mean, a young Jewish kid, you love the Beastie Boys. And the fact that she said that in her profile was just extra points. So at the restaurant, like a champ, she ordered Bombay Sapphire Dirty Martini with blue cheese olives, which was also my favorite drink. But there wasn't a dull moment. Like it felt very easy talking to her after a martini or two, more laughing. And then I think I asked her, so you said you could rap every word to Paul Revere. Let's let's hear it. And first date, in public, I didn't know if this girl was going to, you know, start rapping right there. And she actually started rapping like a pro, knowing every single word, sitting behind this this table in a dimly lit restaurant with a martini in her hand, doing 
Paul Revere, the Beastie Boys, was the sexiest thing I'd ever seen. So I knew he was going to ask me to do the rap, so I was fully prepared to do it. I just knew it because he mentioned it to me a couple times in the messages. And I was like, I feel like he's going to ask me. And so I was like fully prepared. I was a little embarrassed because it was like a crowded restaurant. But I was like, you know what? Whatever. I have no shame. And this is who I am. So if he can hang with that, then, you know, maybe this will be something. We knew pretty early on that this was it. Even our families knew. She met my family. My family welcomed her and loved her. I met her family. It was just this instant love with all of us. We flew out to Tennessee to see her parents. I had met them just through FaceTime before, but this is the first time in person. Kristen knew I was going there to ask permission, and I took them out for dinner, her parents. Well, we were together. We went there together. Yeah. Kristen knew it was coming. I took them to a restaurant and and asked them, you know, for their daughter's hand in marriage. Her dad was quick to what, like, I could barely finish my question before he was giving me permission. He was excited. Her mom loved me, but she was the one asking the hard questions. My mom was not, I mean, she loved Keith, but like, she she passed away. But like, when she was here, she she would grill every boyfriend, every, like, anything I ever had. And like, she grilled Keith. Like grilled him to the point that I got like angry about it. I was like, "You need to, you need to stop." And the, like, there was a whole point when we were having dinner when my mom was like, "Oh, so you're casting, so you're a contractor. So how are you going to support my daughter?" And Keith was like, "Well, I work really hard, and my income is pretty steady, and you know, I'm the go-to." And basically, like, I was like sitting by, like, I was getting really angry. I was just like, cut him, cut him some slack. Like, just, I'm never like this. I never fall this quickly or this fast. Like, just, just chill. And she then, said that. And I was like, no, let them, let her ask the questions. I was, I was holding my own. And I, I answered all of them, obviously, in a way that she liked because the next morning she asked us at the breakfast table or asked me, so are you really sure you want to marry her? And I was like, yeah. She's like, are you? positive? Are you really? Because I I, want to know. And I put her mind at ease and she went in the other room and brought back her grandmother's ring and said, I want you to have this. You can use the diamonds if you want or do whatever. So I was able to take that ring and design an engagement ring that has new and old in there. So two of the family heirloom diamonds are in the uh, the engagement ring that Keith had custom made for me. I wanted to propose to her where I first told her I loved her. But as the week got closer, I was thinking this San Francisco isn't us. Our whole life, our relationship is all based in L.A. And there's a lot of places around here that remind us of, of our story. So I reached out to her friends and family to make this little scavenger hunt of, of places that meant something to us and put the CD in with her family, her friends giving a clue followed by a song that meant something to us. And we drove around Los Angeles based on where she thought the next clue was. So yeah, I heard my mom's voice. I turned it down, turned it back up. And then I realized like, okay, something's up here. 
and I, I pretty much knew right away. I was like, okay, this is going to end in a proposal. Like I, I knew like just the way it was going, where we were going, the places we were going to, which is actually kind of funny. If you know anything about LA, you know that traffic here is really bad. So a scavenger hunt at like various places in the city that like are not near where we live kind of took a minute. So um, it, I think all in all, it probably took about an hour and a half before the scavenger hunt was finished because of all the different places we've been. We went to our first date, our first kiss, our first where we made it official. Yeah, our first date, our first kiss. uh, Yeah, where we made it official. Inside jokes. So it ended in Barnstall Park, which is where Keith said he knew he was in love with me. And we, our third date, we had a picnic in this park and it, it has views of Los Angeles and it's really nice. And there's like a, a Frank Lloyd Wright house that he built up there called the Hollyhock House. And it's just a really cool area. It's, it's, I've loved this park ever since I've lived in this particular neighborhood of, of LA. So we drive up and as soon as we started driving up, I started crying because I knew, I knew this was the last stop. I knew what was coming. There was a song that we had kind of decided was going to be our first dance at the time. Driving up towards Barnstall, this song was playing, and that was kind of Kristen knew that that the ring was coming when this song came on. He parks, we get out of the car, and like he starts saying how how in love with me he is and how he can't imagine his life without me and the whole thing. And um barely gets down on one knee like he was so nervous that like I didn't even really get to see the ring because his hand was shaking so much like he he gets down on one knee for like a second he's like will you marry me and I was like yeah like I didn't even really get to see the ring because like he like it happens it just felt like it happened so fast and so like we hug he puts the ring on and like you know and then obviously we called our family and posted it on on the social medias as it were. Oh, and even after the ring is on and we're now engaged and happy, Kristen still asks, so are we not going to San Francisco? (laughs) Like, no, we're staying here. The dogs are taken care of. But I'm glad we did LA instead of San Francisco. So Keith proposed and, um, if you've ever been engaged or you're going to be engaged, just know that the first thing that everybody asks you literally the day that you get engaged is when is the wedding? So it's like, oh, yes, we've got engaged. Of course, we know the date of the wedding. We didn't. But we kind of like chatted about it. We're like, oh, let's get married in October. So um, we were thinking about songs for the first dance and, and thinking about it over the next, you know, it's, I don't know, six to nine months or something like that. And um, we were in our backyard and and I had met Brendan Yuri from Panic at the Disco several times because I was um, executive producing a nationally syndicated radio show at the time, and he was on the show, and he invited us to his to one of his shows in Los Angeles at the Forum, and um, gave us backstage passes, like the the special VIP ones where you get to hang out with him afterwards and like, you know, just like drink and like have fun. And we really love his voice. He sounds like a young Sinatra. I don't know if anyone is a Panic at the Disco fan, but he has a great voice. So we really got into his music. I mean, we already liked them before, but we especially got into his music after this. And he has a song called Death of a Bachelor, which we thought 
you know, we, when we decided to plan the wedding, we wanted it to be really fun. And we just wanted everyone who came to have a, a have a fun, good time and dance. And like, we didn't want it to be like stuffy with, you know, chicken a la king or whatever it is that they serve at like, you know, stuffy weddings. We wanted it to be fun. And, and that's why we changed from the more serious Lord Huron song to Death of a Bachelor by Panic at the Disco, which is um, significantly more fun. And we had a good time dancing around to it at the wedding. The song felt more us. There's a line which it sums up our, you know, I've, I've talked about her humor and comedy and laughing. And there's a, a line in it that says, a lifetime of laughter at the price of the death of a bachelor, which I thought was so, it, it just felt right of giving up that single life for a lifetime of love and laughter, which everybody loved. It was different. It was fun. It was just more us. Thanks for listening to our love story. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and on Twitter at Parcast Network. For more episodes of Our Love Story, follow us on Spotify and check out other podcast originals, all available on Spotify. Our Love Story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a podcast Studios original. It's created by John Cohen. Sound designed by Kristen Acevedo. Our Love Story is produced by John Cohen and associate produced by Ashley Hanna. 